0: mean one thing careless whispers is back ladies and gentlemen good evening hello my name is Matt Rury. i am here with calvin chamberlain for the first time in almost three months that's right three months neither one of us has been able to get on the same page as the other but we're here tonight to bring you the best nba finals edition of careless whispers that you've ever seen Calvin,
1: wait! Why do you have to shame me? Why do you have to? You have to bring up every time how long it's been since our last show. Maybe, maybe they not, want to that's, know.
0: That's not that's not directed at you, man. I'm in this too. I, this is not this is not your fault. Maybe
1: just say you know it's been a few minutes. That's all. We I mean we we could have done one yesterday. Nobody knows. Nobody pays attention, man. Oh. I
0: mean, we'll have to see if people are paying attention. It's been a while since that we've been on the air, so hopefully they are still paying attention. Uh. I don't know if you're paying attention to the Stanley Cup final, <clears throat> but I figure this is as good of a time as any to, to get to get this in there, a little plug for that. CLNS Media is covering that, and uh, the Bruins are in it, baby. They're going to win it. They're going to beat St. Louis. I feel good about it. That's my Bruins second for the show tonight. That's, that's it.
1: Well, I appreciate your uh, network synergy and your ability to seamlessly transition and do – uh, a plug for Shannon and f i I would argue that you do know whether or not I'm paying attention to the Santa cup Finals,
0: yes, I do know that you're not paying attention whatsoever, and you probably didn't even realize that it was going on.
1: No idea who's it Who are they playing? Is it the Kings?
0: It's not the Kings, then you don't know, yeah, I get it. It's St Louis. It's the Blues. Did you even know that there was a hockey team in St. Louis?
1: I did know that because um, didn't Brett Hull, I want to say, play for the Blues? Oh, wow, yeah.
0: yeah. Good, good. Good one. Good recollection. Yeah. That's actually very mm-hmm. correct.
1: Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got on the Blues.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's the hockey minute, uh, and we will move on to NBA off season, which is where our two teams are, and then we'll talk about the NBA Finals as well because I'd like to hear what you think about Kawhi Leonard, etc., but I figure we should start uh, with with our old faithful Celtics topic, and um, just talk about sort of how the season ended. What what's happened in the last three months? Um, Kyrie Irving, stay or go? Like, what's the deal with this guy? There's a lot to be discussed, and we don't have a ton of time, so we'll, we'll try and hit the key points here. And number one is is Kyrie Irving, Calvin? So. Uh, I, I just, I have to imagine that he and Anthony Davis are still the priority for the Celtics. Um, but quite frankly, I've really never been sold on Anthony Davis as a, a, a superstar that can carry a team. So I would be a little bit skeptical going into the season. If, even if those were your top, top two players, obviously your, con- your contender, if that's the, the way that they end up going, um, but I, I, I wouldn't be – I don't think I would feel any better than I felt going into this past season, and look how that turned out.
1: Yeah, that's true, really. It's interesting to me. I don't, I don't know if it's been so long with the Celtics, right? Uh, with all the actually, since we talked, um, it just – one, it, it, first of all, would you even want Kyrie back? Like at, at this point, so this think- is my
0: thing with Kyrie. He's He was frustrating and he it was annoying, and I don't, but, but then Marcus Smart sort of came out and defended him and said that Kyrie sacrificed a lot for us, and uh, that was sort of counterintuitive to what Terry Rozier was saying about himself sacrificing. So I'm, I'm, I'm yep. wondering if that's maybe where the rift was. Uh, so, I my thing with Kyrie is if he's going to be engaged and he's going to put the level of effort forward that is part of being a top five NBA player, which is what he aspires to be, I believe. Uh, then I will take Kyrie Irving back any day of the week. But if it's going to be this aloof, not really caring, don't put his stamp on, doesn't put his stamp on many games type of player, then I'm fine with him walking away. I just I don't know which guy we're going to get, and that's the problem.
1: Do you, I I don't know that I find aloof to be like. A fair criticism in this respect, because like Kyrie didn't play well in the playoffs, right? That's a fact. There's no question about that. And Kyrie might have issues like as a leader in terms of his ability to actually like communicate uh, things in a way that's like actual actually motivational for his teammates, right? As opposed to sort of making passive aggressive. Like he Kyrie definitely learned at the Lebron school of like passive aggressive comments about. Teammates and coaches in a way that's like clearly has had a detrimental effect on this team. Although um, I think there are other aspects of it, other than Kyrie, that we can get into in a second. But but beyond that, like as a basketball player, yeah, he didn't shoot well. But it's not like look, he still shot the he still shot the ball. It still looked like he was trying out there. I didn't get the sort of um, you know the the like lack of interest that I that you see out of players sometimes. When it's curious, like you know, we a, a couple of times early in his career where we saw it with LeBron or like James Harden, where he's you know he puts up a ten point performance or he's not shooting the ball at all. Kyrie just didn't play well. That's all it was. And look, Eric Wright said it was a good defensive matchup for him. Now, if you want to say, okay, I don't want to bring Kyrie back because I don't think he fits his team, or like maybe there are other issues here. Obviously, it's sort of the the Celtics spirit of you know. Totalitarianism, uh, where everyone had the ball and everyone was sharing and there was no true, you know, leader. And maybe Kyrie sort of became a ball stopper the way that we used to argue about Isaiah Thomas, like, you know, perhaps unnecessarily.
0: Uh, well, Hayward the too is the rumor.
1: Well, yeah, Hayward as well. But I mean, Hayward, she, look, look, there's no point. I mean, we can talk about Hayward, but if you better for if we're talking about the future. There's no point in arguing whether or not Haywood should be on this team because he's going to be on the team. Not, there's no way they can trade him. So, hey, Gordon Hayward is going to be on the Celtics next year, right? I mean, do you, do you feel like there's a possible way to act?
0: I mean, got to- I don't know. I, I feel like if, if uh, New Orleans liked what they saw, then. Hayward is a potential trade chip for Anthony Davis, even though he's—I mean, obviously not back to where people that where the Celtics organization expected him to be by now. But if the trajectory is going up and other teams around the league believe that, then I, I could—I would not be surprised if they tried to trade him. Now, in that's in the respect of Danny Ainge will trade anybody; he would trade his own mother. Is is the the cliche that people use to describe him. Um, I, I still think that this is a bit of a unique situation uh, on the other hand, because of the relationship with the coach that the player has. And just the fact that he was brought here to be that, that superstar's sidekick, if you will, the one, a the 1A to Kyrie Irvings or the one B to Kyrie Irvings one a, and it, it didn't really work out the what the way that they sort of tried to force it to happen. And I think that that was part of the reason that there was animosity in the locker room as well, not necessarily towards Gordon Hayward, but towards the coaching staff for basically forcing him into the lineup when he probably, I mean, he clearly wasn't ready at the beginning of the season. And I'm sure that the younger guys who had established themselves a little bit last year looked at him and sort of said, well, I know you got hurt, but, I'm playing better than you right now. I, I, I should be getting these minutes regardless of what, how it ends up at the end of the season. And I don't know, that's the type of thing that could linger for a little while and, and grow into something that's just sort of resentment, even if they're not thinking it on purpose, it's just subconscious resentment. So I, I feel like oh. there, there's a lot of different things, factors that could have gone into it. And the the lack of a leader a real vocal leader doesn't help in that situation. That's where a, a guy like a, a, a strong leader would come in and sort of try and squash any of those feelings and get them all to play as a team.
1: Yeah. I mean, Steve looks, yeah, you're right. Steve, Stevens, there's an issue. There's issues here with Stevens and what's happening, right? Like it, it seems like I don't want to say the shine has come off him because definitely like he's still, he still, he still does what he does with X's and O's but I think that like, there is a different, if there are different types of coaches, right? And, like, what, you know, I hate to, to compare him because, like, strategically, uh, I think he's miles ahead of Doc Rivers. But Doc Rivers, is, like, his primary skill is, like, getting guys with big egos to play together and buy into a system. And I think, that, like, the passive side of Brad Stevens' personality is a problem, you know, it might be a problem on teams, with a lot of strong personalities guys who want to play minutes you know we saw we saw Terry Rozier's comments uh about how he you know he might not want to be here next year and that's Terry Rozier you know I, I think that he's really benefited from guys uh Stevens rather has benefited from guys you know who haven't been in their prime they're looking to make a name for themselves are happy to get minutes it's a different scenario than having a guy uh or, you know like Kyrie Irving or having a like a Alford obviously is like the perfect good soldier because he doesn't need anything. His entire like, all he cares about is fitting in and winning, and like he's sort of the perfect piece as a as a coach. That's like the ideal, right? That he'll fit into whatever you want to put him into. He'll play whatever position you want, even though yeah he complained a little bit about complained about not wanting to play center. But what's he been doing? He's been playing center and not complaining about it. So like, I, I think he's the ideal in that scenario. But with Kyrie there. And yeah, even with Gordon Hayward there, because yeah, he signed that max contract. And when I talk about you know whether or not they trade or they trade him, I, w- I wasn't saying like I don't think Danny Ainge would hesitate to trade him in a second. I just don't think that contract is tradable at least for another year unless you're trading him for a guy who's like on a lot. Like maybe you could get like Kevin Love for him given the right circumstances because his contract is longer or a guy like a, a worse contract. But I don't. I think it's going to be difficult to go the other way uh, and get back. you know, any kind of assets that are
0: going to help you going forward. Yeah, it would be tough. It would, it would be, it would have to be a blockbuster top of the line, uh, big money type of player. So you'd have to convince a team that has one of those guys few and far between maybe one or two in the whole league uh, that Gordon Hayward is worth taking back because he's on, on the way up and he, he will end up paying off in the long run. So I, I, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a stretch. It's a, very small window of opportunity it's probably not going to happen but the possibility is there so I fully expect him to be on the team next year and these guys are going to have to learn to play with him so to me I mean it it makes it interesting to see what is going to happen with a guy like Jalen Brown uh do they end up trying to extend him uh and sort of lock him up going forward or, or do they Sort of throw that qualifying offer restricted tag on him and have him play one year and see how it goes. I, I kind of feel like that's kind of the way that they're gonna that they would go right, slap him with the the one year uh, restricted tag basically and um, see if he wants to resign after that. See how things play out and that's kind of what they did with Marcus Smart um, and it worked out for for both. The team and the player in that regard I think Marcus got his money and, and the Celtics are happy with him uh, being on the roster for a long time so I would like to think that they would feel the same way about Jalen Brown but if Gordon Hayward is going to be here next year for sure and getting still 35 minutes a game then it, it's going to be tough to be able to play Tatum who's still under his rookie contract Brown and Hayward again I, I just I feel like somebody's something's got to give and the obvious answer is Jalen Brown
1: yeah, I mean, I think Jalen Brown is, in theory, like, trade bait. I don't think that, like, I don't think they're going to let him walk for nothing. I think that there's a pretty good chance that year walks for nothing at this point, right? Like, I, I, I maybe they'll give him a qualifying offer, but honestly, like you said, they just did that same the same with Marcus Smart. Um, Kyrie may or may not come back. Do you think Kyrie's coming back? Like, if you had to put, like, you know, if you had to put a bet down one way or the other? Because I'm not sure that I feel like he's coming back.
0: Yeah, I mean, I did feel it for for a while, but things seem to be turning. And you not you don't hear the Celtics in any of the discussions anymore. These big NBA guys, Rick Bucher came out today to say that it's the Nets and the Lakers, and that's those are the two ch- choices for Kyrie Irving. I don't know who to believe on this front. I I feel like Kyrie um, doesn't really leak a lot of information, pertinent information to the media. So maybe it's just people in his circle or just random people trying to throw things out there. That are making these headlines, but um, I I would find it hard, very hard to believe that he would go to any of the other places uh, that are being discussed, except for Brooklyn. I actually feel like it's possible that he would want to go play in Brooklyn. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure he grew up in that in in that area of New York. So even though he loves Madison Square Garden and he w- he wants to be in the Mecca, et cetera, all that stuff, whatever. I feel like going to Brooklyn is the type of situation where he would have an up and coming team with some young talent. He would be the leader of that team. He'd be at home and it, he could recruit whoever he wants to, to sort of come and play. And if Brooklyn can really make a push for Anthony Davis, then that may, makes it even more appealing for a guy like Irving. So I w- I'm not worried about the Knicks. I mean, maybe I'm uh, underestimating LeBron and the Lakers. You tell me, but I'm not worried about him flo- fleeing there. But this Brooklyn is hard to, to shake me a little bit and think that it's, it's a real possibility because otherwise, why would he leave Boston? I just, I feel like the, the one year of growing pains is, is fine. And he would make more money here. He still has a great situation as far as the franchise in general and the coaching staff, I think Stevens kind of lets him do whatever he wants, you know, uh, and tries to enable him as, as a leader, which is good. It's a good thing. So I just I feel like this is the best situation for him when you look at all the different aspects and what he claims to want as far as his career is concerned. Uh, but Brooklyn definitely is close it's from from an outside perspective anyway.
1: Yeah, that's funny that you say that because I I see the Knicks as the big threat. Like I think, why would like yeah they have enough money to pay him, but like that's it. I don't see especially like in that scenario, D'Angelo Russell leaves, right? And like, what is yep. w- Brooklyn to me is just like a lower ceiling replication of like what he's dealing with right now in Boston. Like I think Kyrie oh, I agree. Is, yeah, I think Kyrie is getting frustrated with having guys who are not quite ready yet. Even, you know, we can get into, like, that, what I just said in a second, but, like, I think he's wants to play with some out. To me, the Knicks are the threat because Kevin Durant and Kyrie are sort of, like, really close, and they have money for free agents. If they can land Durant, which maybe they can't, but if they can, if, let me put it this way. If, if the Knicks, like, if, if the headline comes out, hey, Knicks sign Kevin Durant, then I would put money on Kyrie being the next domino to follow. That's what I'm saying. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. If it now, doesn't also, happen, looking
0: maybe. at Jalen Brown salary, Jalen Brown's salary, he's actually under contract for next year anyway. The qualifying offer wouldn't come to, until the following year, so. Um, oh yeah. He's he's here. He'll be here.
1: No, well, the the question him, I mean, it's not even a question, but like, but they'll definitely try to sign him, probably in the top. Cause you know how it works after your third year uh, to right. try to sign him to that offer. So that'll be the question. Whether or not they they offer him or whether or not he signs is is the question, right? Um, Otherwise, he'll go into his restricted free agency season. But I think even if they end up wanting to trade him because they don't have room for him, I think they have to make him that offer just because of the the asset value, which, you know, it plays into this other thing, sort of the new narrative about the Celtics, which is maybe the Celtics are messing up a little bit by – sort of treating all their players as assets and not as, as players themselves. And, you know, this is going to be a recurring theme when we talk about the Lakers in a few minutes. But has this sort of – has Anthony Davis, like, negatively impacted both the Celtics and the Lakers? You know what I mean? Because this whole, like, hey, all these guys are here. Look, we have these dudes to be moved for Anthony Davis scenario. Or, like, we have all these guys on this team – Um, like, well, the Celtics always looking for the future. Yeah, then what are we going to be next year? What are we going to be down the line if we still have these picks? Like, do you think that there is, uh, you know, this narrative coming out? Like, do you think there's an element to that? And do you think, secondarily, do you feel like the the sort of, even the future, thing of like, Celtics fans have, you know, the last couple of years had optimism about, like, well, you know, you think we're going to be good now? Like, wait till till X happens. Well, you know, X was Gordon Hayward, and it, it sort of feels—I I don't know—the the sort of overarching future, you know, propelling sense of, of the Celtics. It doesn't seem to be in the same place that it was previously. At least, like in the in the eyes of the public, you feel like, it yeah, seems like oh, the, 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 their trajectory is still shooting upward, or it, it seems more like they're plateauing a little bit.
0: No, I think that they are. They they seem to be. Uh, maybe just having a little bit of a blip and, and I don't really know what the what the solution is um, but just looking at salaries here's something uh, that is I haven't heard before and it's probably far-fetched because this would be a really shocking development if it were to happen but what if what if Terry Rogier just walks away Kyrie Irving and Al Horford say, let's run it back one more year with, with this roster now. And that really frees up some of the time and some of the attitude problems in the locker room. I'm not trying to say that it's all Rozier's fault, but he does. He is one of the, one of the only ones sort of making complaints and, noise, and making noise going out the door. Uh, if those two guys just – I mean, they both have a player option. So Kyrie could still play one more year in Boston and then – See where Anthony Davis is going to go the following year because he's an unrestricted free agent after that. And they could still end up in the same place, it, just sticking it out one more year here with the Celtics to see how things go. Just stumbled upon that one. And, uh, I mean, t- is it far-fetched? It seems reasonable to me.
1: Um, I think the only part of that that seems far-fetched is the notion that Anthony Davis is not going to be traded. You know, I don't, I, don't, I, I know that they have optimism now that they, they have Zion. But, like, and maybe maybe that'll stretch out, you know, the idea of the Anthony Davis trade. Maybe David Griffin will have optimism and we'll see, like, much like with, like, uh, wasn't it Kawhi that they can want to trade? Or, like, it just seemed like forever he was there and finally he ended up going to Toronto. I think that, like, it might play out, but, like, Anthony Davis is going to get traded, right? And if he's not, and the idea that, like, they both opt in and he's not getting traded to Boston... That, then, then like Kyrie might be unhappy. What's Kyrie opting in for in that in that case, right? Other than the idea of of yeah, he actually likes this team. Maybe he just doesn't have options because like like Durant resigns with the Warriors, there's a case where like yeah, Durant resigns with the Warriors, Kawhi goes to the Lakers, right? Then it's like if you're Kyrie in that scenario, in like, what's the point of losing Boston? What to go to like the Clippers or something? He not doing that at that no. point. So, under that scenario, sure. Then they then he tries to run it back, and maybe you know the guys get a little older. But I think that like you you talk about you know roster problem. I don't I don't think Terry Rozier leaving is going to make that problem. I I, I think the the bigger issue to me than even Terry Rozier is the Gordon Hayward problem because mm-hmm. to, yeah, yeah and the fact that it, it, it's and it's not just it, it, look it, it's not just going the minutes it's. I don't think it. I don't. In fact, I don't even think it is the minutes per se. I think it's the fact that Gordon Hayward is not particularly effective off the ball, and in fact, he doesn't even seem to be effective in like. You know, you know what he is. He's like, he's like a baseball pitcher who's like bad in the first inning, but you know he's pretty good if you, if you give him like six innings. He'll be all right. It'll be an He's like an innings eater. He'll be good over six innings. But like you know, maybe he gets off to a rough start. I just feel like if he in games where he doesn't see the ball enough, he doesn't really do anything. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of just floats around, doesn't really like he, he seems oh, more yeah. effective more Yeah, but the problem is there's not enough there's not enough Gordon Hayward ball time to go around on this team. Actually, especially with Kyrie there. And under if Kyrie leaves and they play a sort of system without like, even if Rozier were to stay, right? If Kyrie left and because Rozier is not a traditional point guard, like he he'll, he usually creates often the more for himself. He's he he moves quickly. In fact, you know when it's smart and Rozier out there, smart like who's also not a really traditional point guard, but has the ball in his hands more. Like it's it just seems like there's not enough room for both Kyrie and Gordon Hayward ball handling.
0: Yeah, which is the ironic thing because they're the ones that were placed here to be the main ball handlers and have the offense flow through them uh, with Al Horford there as well. And it just, it didn't work out. And if, if that's, if, if Kyrie believes that Gordon Hayward is the problem, then he's gone. He's, he's as good as gone. He will walk away. He will, he will not pick up the option as I just suggested. He will not resign a, a, a big contract as a, a people, a lot of people want him to do and he will just walk away as a lot of other people actually want him to do, there's a growing sentiment here in, in Boston Calvin, which is discouraging to me. And it's a bit of a shame that people uh, don't care if he leaves and they just want him gone and that it will be better off without him, etc., etc. See, I, I sort of said that to start the show, but I qualified it with which Kyrie is going to, to be here. Is it going to be the one that was floating around in the middle of the regular season, not really caring at times and, and then played poorly in uh, uh, against the bucks and Eric Bledsoe, come on, no excuse for that. If he's a top five player, he has a couple of good games and they, he carries them. Like that's the, that's the type of player he's supposed to be. So I'm not letting him slide on, on what you said earlier, not just not playing well. He just didn't play well. No, I'm not giving him a pass on that, but if he's engaged and he's focused and he actually wants to try and win a championship here, I will have, I would have Kyrie Irving uh, on the team every single day. I, I think he's a, unique uh dynamic player and when he wants to be and it just it, it 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 didn't seem like he was engaged at times and you heard it from the players throughout the season and it ultimately showed up in the in, in the playoffs as well because he wasn't the only one that wasn't engaged And some of these other guys followed their leader uh anyway what do you say we take a call here calvin what do you think let's do it all right it's our guy. It's our man. He's been waiting for a long time. I just noticed a few minutes ago that he's been here. Sam in San Diego, how do you feel, man? How's it going? It's been a while. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm still reeling from this season. You know, I was I was hoping to go to Boston and catch a game and, and, and uh, never was able to get there. And, uh, you know, I, just like everybody else, the season ended and I was fuming. Um, you know, I, I think what you said about Kyrie – People wanting him gone. It's it's not that people want him gone. I think I think the I think the um, most fans understand what that means with the cap situation. We can't replace him. But I think he, what he did to this team. Um, what he did to the team. I mean, it's it, it, it he completely changed the makeup, the culture of this team, in, in the way that he acted. I mean, I, I I mean he's he didn't he didn't play like a Celtic, right? He didn't act like one. He's 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 an immature, petulant baby, and he thinks he is such a wise person. He's 26 years old, and I I don't know I I I didn't like the player when he was traded over here as a as a Cleveland Cavalier, but he played well that first season, and he was obviously a, a much better talent than Isaiah. But this past season was. You know, starting when he made that comment about July first, you know everything changed, and he seemed to throw his anger towards the Boston media, even though that was the national media that was doing all the speculation and i I, I never understood that um, so i I don't know i to, to be honest I, you know you know the one of the one of the guys that I really follow is Ty Ray and, and he he's pretty disgusted with with where the Celtics are. Over the past season, and I, I can understand why. It's just the players today are, are really getting out of hand, and I'm really looking forward to this next CBA when they get when they get reined in, because this is this is just becoming a yearly thing. And and, and you know, we I think I've heard the people say this, but we we were kind of immune to it for a while, but now we're right in the middle of it, where where we're having to deal with players like this.
1: Sorry, you want to jump in there. I
0: was waiting for you to. Oh, all right. I I was expecting you actually to be uh, at defending Kyrie there or something. No, I don't know, Sam. I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty strong opinion about about Kyrie. I, I just I can't bring myself to that level. I I think that at times he he did look disengaged, and um, I don't blame people for looking at that and sort of. Saying they wish he was a different type of player, but I would, I would tend to lean on the the side of giving him another chance, and I I think that things could work out here in Boston. And it's not, I mean, it's not just his fault, but he he should definitely take more initiative. And if what Marcus Smart said is true, and that Kyrie was not trying to rock the boat, and he try he tried to change his game and all this stuff, I would say screw that. I mean, if you're supposed to be a top five player, you're supposed to be the one that, that. it goes out there and dictates the pace and uh shows your talent level and and puts a team on your back at, at times if you if you need to and i just i think that, that he he needs to be a little bit better of a, a leader if that's the case obviously
1: he, but who i kind of feel like stevens needs to be a little bit better of a leader can i just throw that out there i and, and maybe look maybe that's a, a, a i agree just an for sure.
2: yeah they all maybe do. it's
1: just an indictment of, of the nba period and like yeah you want you can make the argument that like the player on the court has so much more power than the coach, blah 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 blah. Except for few, you, you're not sure of Greg Popovich, uh, then like you're you're sort of secondary. But I don't I don't know. I just seen too many press conferences where Stevens would be shell shocked and he would you know put the blame on himself always and be like, well, I need to be better. But then I'd still see the players out there just just I don't know. There were more there seemed to be more public backbiting on this Celtics team than like. Than, uh, you know, I can remember in recent Celtics history, and, and as much as, like, it's been on, a you know, a lot of teams, I'd go back to, like, the, you know, the 90s, the the 2000s Lakers teams to, like, really think of teams that have that have gotten at each other, sort of the way it seems like this, and, and especially Kyrie just constantly, to me, I don't know who to blame in this scenario, I just feel like they're not, they're not copacetic. Kyrie and Brad Stevens like right now they don't seem to be working in unison they don't seem to be on the same page with each other and maybe you, you, you want to put all the blame for that on Kyrie well then like great let Kyrie go you know if that's the case if you, if you think your coaches if you think that like the team's going to get back to what it was without Kyrie I understand like that he is a valuable player he's a valuable asset you're not going to get anything back you're not going to get back what you lost but maybe you'll get back what you lost in terms of on-court chemistry
2: the, the 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 one thing that I don't think that got much pub-pub, I don't remember anybody talking about it, was there was the comments that Kyrie made about where he was tired of trying to get better every day and he just wanted to get to the playoffs. I mean, that was a shot at Brad Stevens, because that's what Brad Stevens always talks about, is getting better each day. And he did that more than once where he threw him under the bus, where, you know, Kyrie, does, Kyrie wants to be a showman. I mean, some of the shots he took during the playoffs um, – in crucial games, where you sh- you know shooting fadeaways and and and, and spectacular yeah. shots. When it, 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 yeah. I mean, and then I'm sure I'm sure man, I'm sure you saw some of the B Rob stuff where he wasn't even defending his man most of the time. That's not bad defense. Right. That's just not caring.
0: Yeah, and see that's that's kind of the way that I saw it too, uh, Calvin. To to sort of. Back this point about Kyrie Irving, Irving sort of not being engaged, you can tell when he's when he's engaged and when he's not. He tries to get to the basket. He tries to get layups. He tries to find himself open jumpers, and then they're not necessarily fadeaway threes or or the, uh, in transition threes that he's trying to just get up there real quickly. Uh, I just I, I feel like he took a lot of those those bad shots, those uh, types of shots that don't really Go in in the playoffs, and he was. It was almost like he was trying to prove something, uh, and and just forcing a lot of stuff in that Bucs series. So, and and again, the team around him seemed to give up when the Bucs went on a run. Whereas, throughout the regular season, even though the Celtics did get blown out multiple times uh, towards the end of the of, of the regular season, and then in that Indiana series, you started to think that they finally figured things out and that they were able to sustain runs like this. And that's what gave me the confidence that they were actually going to have a, a chance against the Bucks. So I just, I feel like it all started in the, in that second game, it, even in the, in the first game that they ended up winning, they sustained a run and they ended up winning the game, but game two, they they got really basically punched in the face and there was, there was no retaliation. There was no, I mean, Kyrie Irving, tried and forced some things, but there was no teamwork to try and get back in that game. And uh, it's contrasting styles between the superstar and the head coach. So, again, this is just one more thing that potentially could be what was the biggest problem in the room. And uh, I don't know if we're ever going to know what the main issue was behind this, but um, there's something's got to give. And I I just – the easiest thing is for Kyrie to walk away and then the the Celtics are left with – they're young guys and they probably play real hard again for Brad Stevens next year, maybe make the Eastern conference finals and see what happens. But um, that's the, that's the part where I want to ask you, Sam, where are you as a fan? Because this is the thing that really puts me in a tough spot. Would you rather have a guy like a Kyrie Irving who has the potential to elevate your team to that title contending status? And then, Come up short and disappoint you, or would you rather have a team like we had two years ago with Isaiah Thomas that is really not going to reach the level that you want them to reach, but they play hard night in, night out, and they entertain you. I don't really. I'm kind of on the fence on this one because the the whole idea of of the Celtics organization is to have both, and that's not the way it's been for the past couple of years. That's
2: that's that's you know, and that's the problem with the NBA, right? You you if he walks away, it, it doesn't help you. We can't replace his salary. And if you if you keep him, you know, that that's the thing, right? When you go after the player, you have to make sure that that's going to be the player that you're going to be able to win with. And, and the minute we traded for Kyrie, we were kind of all in. And, um, you know, that, that move probably kept us from making the, the Kawhi deal because um, that, you know, Kawhi had – that situation hadn't come up yet. And, and, uh, and I think he didn't want to go in and have two free agent to be but you know, I, I think that, I think that you have no choice, but to, but to hope that they resign them, unfortunately, because there's not, there isn't a better play. And, and, you know, I always root for whatever Ainge's plan a is because I, I do trust in him. Um, I've, I've, I've called him out many times and I've been wrong almost every time. Uh, but so I hope for whatever his plan A is and his plan A seems to be Kyrie and go out and trade for Davis. I, I don't know that Anthony Davis is that player. I don't think he's a Kawhi, I don't think he's a, a Giannis. I, I don't it just doesn't feel like he impacts games. Otherwise they would win more. Otherwise it would be a scarier team, but he's never scared me as a player the way that Giannis or Kawhi do. So, um if they if the plan is to go get those two players, keep keep Kyrie get Anthony Davis and then see whatever, whatever you have left. I, I don't know how you win the Eastern conference with those two players. I just don't think that they are, they have the right mix that they're the right kinds of players, but I don't see what choice we have. And so I'm really interested to see what, what happens in offseason. season. <laughs> and I'm just hoping for the best. I don't think, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's anything else we can do. You know, this, this has been such a great rebuild, but it takes so much in the NBA to win. There's so much luck involved, and, and, and things can change so fast, as we saw this season.
0: I mean, all right, man. Well, nice to hear from you, Sam. And uh, I'll let Calvin sort of respond, and we'll pick it up. We'll go from there.
1: Yep. Thanks, he like us. Pretty, Yeah, he had a pretty negative take on it. By the way, I'm going to call an audible really, and we're just going to we're just going to talk about the Celtics for a few more minutes, and then talk about the NBA Finals because there's so much on this Lakers thing that I feel like it's just not going to do it just, we're just going to, we're just going to have to do a show next week. Can we do that? Can we commit to that now?
0: Um, sure. Yeah. That's, that's fine with me. Uh,
1: we'll do a show next week. We'll spend the rest of the time talking about the NBA finals. Cause you know, that's a thing that's happening as well. Um, but yeah. So I mean, Anthony Davis, that's, that's about a negative, a, a thought on, on Davis as I've heard. I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, I think the, the, the justifiable criticism of davis is simply that he just can't stay on the court and and like the idea that that you can't trust him um i like i put some validity to that right and like whether or not to make that trade but but as far as a a selfish scale, i think it's really interesting um first of all if you can't re-sign Kyrie, or if he doesn't opt in then like then do you do you even think about trading for anthony davis at that point you probably you probably
0: just have to let that go right I idea. Um, like, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I, I would say yes, but I, I feel like Danny Ainge is, is a no on that. He's Danny Ainge would say, well, let's try it again. Let's let's go out and try and get the superstar that is going to put us over the top, or potentially put us over the top, just like he did with Kyrie Irving. Maybe we can convince this other guy to stay. And I, I just, I feel like the confidence that Ainge has in in the their ability to get guys to sign or, or want to be here is sometimes detrimental to the way that he does business, because I do think that he would go after D'Anthony Davis, even if he didn't have Kyrie Irving. And that could just be another couple years of just coming up a little bit short. And then what do you have left uh, building around the young guys? He does have draft picks for days still. Like he's, he's got a million draft picks to use over the next couple of years. We'll see what happens there. But I just, I, I question uh, not being able to lock a guy up and uh, have him here for multiple years after he's been in the league for a little while. And if it doesn't happen with Kyrie Irving, then I would doubt that it would happen with Davis, even though Ainge would probably try and go get him. Uh, and I just he's, they've got to find a way to do that with with someone that's going to make an impact or else they're just going to be in this, this uh, cycle for a long time and it's going to be frustrating to fans.
1: Well, this is why it's interesting to me because the narrative, right, has been, hey, uh, the Pelicans should wait on trying to, on trading Anthony Davis because the Celtics have more to offer than anyone else. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to offer more than anyone else, right? And how much exactly are they or should they offer, given the idea that one Anthony Davis's dad came out and said what he said about him not wanting to play? And I know Davis's people to that, but what a, what else are they going to say? It's still a it's still at least a cautionary question mark, right? Right. Um, and two, two, okay, obviously, like, how much you should offer, maybe that, that varies by whether or not Kyrie opts in. Um, but, again, it's still, you're, you're, you're signing him for a year. You're not, not going to have him sign a contract and then get traded immediately. That's not going to happen. You're taking the risk. And, it's, and we've seen this happen where it works out, and we've seen it happen where it backfires. We um, and we've seen it happen where in an, in an ideal scenario, uh, which is the the Raptors trade for Kyrie, uh, Kyrie for Kawhi Leonard, it doesn't matter if look they I mean even if they didn't make the finals and, and Kawhi has left, it's still a good trade for them because they got out from the DeMar DeRozan contract. So like it ended up, so if if somehow they could fucking I don't know why I just cussed right there, but uh, if somehow they could just include the Gordon Hayward contract. Like in, in which I, I feel like it's a, a near impossibility for that to be the case in, in an Anthony Davis trade, and yeah, then you'd make that trade, you know, every time, even if you have to throw some young pieces in, because worst case scenario he leaves, them and then you have a huge bounty of cash to offer to people. Right. But yeah, it's not going to be that. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be guys that it's going to be guys that hurt, especially if Anthony Davis leaves, or if he doesn't leave. But you know, maybe he plays forty-eight games because he gets hurt. I don't know if to me that's not a factor, but maybe to you it is. Maybe it's not worth losing Jalen Brown in that scenario.
0: No, I don't think it is. I think that if if you're got a guy, bring a guy in that's going to get hurt and not play a full season, and then walk away. Then absolutely keep Jalen Brown, try and lock him up instead. Listen, it's the whole thing. You you can swing for the fences and have those guys on your team. And that's great. Maybe it all comes together for one year, but ultimately I, I'd love to be able to sustain something. So, and I know it's so difficult to find uh talent that is going to put you over the top year after the year in, in the NBA, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, those guys are not it. I mean, they are good, solid pieces. They're going to have great careers, but they're not, I don't think they're the type of players that are going to guarantee you NBA finals trips every year. So that's the that's the challenge for Danny Ainge just to find those players and he's trying to do it both through the draft and trying to get free agents in here and I mean Al Horford signing here is a, is a good thing I think it, it makes the the organization look good to be able to get a guy like that so maybe in the future they'll be able to get players of his caliber uh to sign big deals kind of like he did but um it's I mean until it happens again people are going to be skeptical and that's when you have to start saying, all right, maybe, we, maybe they do go in this direction where they really start to groom the younger guys, go back to the model where they are going to look like a bunch of above-average players and then overachieve and everybody's happy for a little while uh, before taking another big swing and trying to go get a, a big-name player in the future. All
1: right. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we do have a few more minutes left. Why don't we spend these minutes talking about the NBA Finals, Really?
0: Raptors, huh? Hey, I so I I guess I need to eat some crow. I, so first of all, I was right about the Bucks not having it and that not being a, a team that can actually take it somewhere because their superstar is not Kawhi Leonard. Um, but I will definitely be eating crow on the Raptors because at the beginning of the season I just considered them to be soft again. Still, I considered Kawhi to be a uh, I had lost respect for him. I ripped him multiple times over the summer uh, last season uh, when, uh, with the whole sitting out and demanding of the trade and all this stuff. And I just, I didn't, I questioned his drive. I questioned his work ethic. I, all of that, like a lot of people did. And boy, was I wrong. This guy has totally flipped the script. He has turned me the other, the other way. I want Kawhi Leonard on, on the Celtics. I, I, I think that he's a, a great, excellent, up-and-coming superstar. And I, I I would love to know more about the situation in San Antonio because I feel like I may have blamed him wrongly and took the side of Popovich because he's been there forever. But ultimately, Kawhi Leonard had an excellent season. He's put his team on his back multiple times in the playoffs, something that Giannis couldn't do, something that Kyrie Irving could not do. Uh, something that James Harden could not do, and he is just—he's—he's he's totally flipped me the other way, and I'm on Team Kawhi now.
1: I mean, I—I I think it's an unfair to state unfair statement to make about the Bucks that they didn't have it. I mean, they were—they were an overtime loss away from being up three-zero in the conference finals. Like, I think that, like, I—I I don't know, you—you you know that I push back against, like against all or nothing narrative sometimes, you know, like, I I, I think that they were right there and they just got beaten. They got beat, um, you know, in an extreme, yeah, it was six games, but it was like a very close series. They had the lead even in that last game. I don't think that they were, they were not a catastrophe. Yes, I think that, like, I think that Kawhi, Kawhi, I don't keep doing this tonight. Giannis is like not quite 100% a finished product. There's no question that he could still improve. But I will say this as well. I I will say this as well. What point of like speaking where it's like, especially with with, uh, like outside shooting guys, like, look, Ben Simmons needs to learn how to make an outside shot. Giannis, like, Giannis, yeah, like, would he be better if he started becoming the Steph Curry from three? Obviously, right? He'd be the best player in the league by a mile. But like, but Giannis is all. Giannis is already good enough in basketball, and the things that he is good enough, he is dominant enough to where it's still extremely difficult to to take that away from him. Okay, and so he was yeah. making
0: threes. He was making yeah. threes against the Celtics. I don't know. I, I didn't see how many I, he made against Toronto, but I mean, I mean,
1: you you. Percentage he was making threes. He wasn't making threes in terms of like he
0: made. I bike. think he made 50% of his threes against the Celtics, and that was something right. that really killed them because they were not prepared for that. And I mean, right, nor but, should you 50% him for him is otherworldly. Um, but coming I mean, back down to earth, and no, he you still has, he could still make. No. And he could still make enough to keep you honest. And that's that's going to be a problem going forward. Big problem.
1: How many? But I mean, he took like six threes in that series. That's the point I'm making. Let's, let's not get carried away in terms of he was making threes. He did a small sample size. He he had some threes, but he didn't hit an, a, like a, an actual number of threes. You know what I mean? It's not like there was a game where he had five threes. Anyway, that that beside the point. My point is, Giannis is still awesome without being good at threes. Like, let's not try to act like oh Giannis isn't. up. He's so good at the rim. They, they, he's basically Shaq at the rim. Like. Who I mean he's not in terms of style, but in terms sure, of like
0: he was sorry to cut you off. Seven of seventeen from three in that in that series. I mean for him that's amazing.
1: Okay, so I was I, I was one off I said he made six, he made seven. I'll, I'll give him one more three. I'm just saying seven threes over four games, right? Or five games because the last one seven threes over five games. So he's making like a little over one three a game. You know what I mean? It's
0: not like I, it's yeah, crazy. but when he's taking just three of them per game, I think that's, that's incredible. He's a 20% three-point shooter in general. I think that's a huge jump, and that was something the Celtics weren't ready for him to even be taking that many, let alone making that many. I just don't, th- he, I don't think it's actually that
1: many. Sorry. I just don't think, the, I don't think the number is enough to affect the gravity of what he's doing. In other words, like the, the Celtics were still giving him that shot, and he still wasn't taking it enough to actually impact the game. That's what I'm like. That's true. Like, ma- That's true. Like it, it, it was, it, it was impressive for what it was, but it, it was more like a luxury. Like, oh, the the Bucks are winning these games now. Giannis is gonna and and I, I, you know, we could go back. I don't, but needless, be honest, neither of us are going to do this because we're too lazy. But we could go back and look and see at how many of those threes were in like actual high leverage situations and how many of them were Giannis just feeling himself. I bet, I bet you a good percentage of them were. The Bucks in, in scenarios where they were up 15 in the third quarter and Giannis just taking a three. That's that's what I'm arguing.
0: Um, it could be, but they were up 15 in the third quarter in in, in most of those games. Like they they blew out the Celtics multiple times. So I just I, know. I think that that so he made some threes. I seem to remember him making threes that actually pushed them further on on runs and not not that in sort of that garbage time scenario. So I don't know. I just, I I don't okay. think the Celtics were ready for it. And nor, like I said, nor should they have been. Um, but that was a big factor it, it just to hit. And going forward, more importantly, if he continues to improve on that, if he can make 30% of his three pointers and take three a game, then I, I mean, that's, that's good enough to affect multiple games in the regular season, in my opinion, for a guy like that, because he's going to get better everywhere else too.
1: Um, so, well, we're, we're- we're really not pacing ourselves well. I mean, I guess it's fair because we were rusty. But this has never been the strength of our show, anyway. But we really didn't even get to the finals. I will say,
0: uh, no, it's all right. right. We started late, so we'll go. We'll go a little past. We're fine. We've got. We've got a little time here. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um, Look, yeah. So to say, let's take. take
0: a few minutes on the on the actual yeah, finals. I yeah. praised Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, I don't actually think that they have a chance to beat the Warriors, especially if Durant is, is ends up being healthy. Um, but I, I really want them to push this thing, and I hope that that I'm wrong about that because Toronto winning Calvin, actually, I've come around on this too. I, I think that it would be great for the league if Toronto wins this thing because it would boost, boost their, their uh, interest up in Canada. It would put a team that's essentially still an expansion team within the last – what, 25 or 30 years, probably coming up on their 30th anniversary in a few years here. Um, this, I think it would be good for the league, for this this team uh, with this superstar to win the NBA championship. I just don't think it's going to happen.
1: I don't know if, if I would agree with the last part of what you said, the with this superstar part of it. Because one, uh, I don't think that Kawhi is coming back, right? And two... I just – I'm, I'm going to go with – like, I don't think Kawhi – look, look, I like Kawhi Leonard. Like, watching him play basketball is – a fat, especially with, like, his strength in his hands, when he's doing, like, crazy ball fakes. And, like, you see him just, like, casually grab the ball like he's picking up a, peep you know, a finger sandwich. Like, he just takes it out of other people's hands like it's a child's toy. And it's fascinating to me to watch. Oh, and, like, a bullet pass is going out of bounds and he just catches it with his hands like mm-hmm. Like that stuff that he does is crazy to me, and even his like his moves offensively, like Kawhi Leonard is kind of slow, but somehow he like just he's like so fun. He's, he's basically is a small Tim Duncan the way he plays. His footwork is so good, he's so fundamental, and so it's interesting for me to watch him. But I just feel like he's his like actual personality is so bland that like the idea that Kawhi is gonna be some mm-hmm. like, like the idea that you could be kind of face of the league even. If state in Toronto.
0: Like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Not, that's not what I'm getting at. I don't, th- I don't think that, that he's going to be the face of the league or that, that even he should be the face of the league. I just think that parody is good and it's what the league ultimately wants. Sure. They like dynasties. They love top tiered basketball. Like the golden state warriors have given us for the last five years. Um, but at the same time, they also like those teams to lose a little bit too, I think, to to sort of get more interest, you know? So I just think that this is a perfect scenario for a team that's never won before uh, to win with a player that has won before, so then that player can then gain some notoriety a little bit and market himself, and wherever he goes next, that team will get a boost now from this as well, even if he doesn't stay in Toronto. I, I just, overall, I think that Toronto winning is a more interesting and engaging story than the Warriors just rolling through them again. Um, but let's, unfortunately, the Warriors just might be that damn good.
1: Let's be honest. We, what you're not talking about is Toronto. What you're not saying, I mean, you are saying you actually did say these words, but what you're really saying is not that it would be interesting if Toronto won. You're saying it'd be interesting if Golden State lost. And I absolutely agree with that part of it. Yeah, it would be It would be nice for competitive balance for just yeah, the fact that the, the Warriors have now gotten to their fifth finals in a row is, is insane, and it would be nice if they lost. However, if they lose, I will say this: if they lose, I need them to lose with Kevin Durant. I can't. Mm. I don't know if I don't know if I can deal with Kevin Durant not playing in this series, and then the yeah. Warriors lose, and then the narrative shifting back to how sure. important Kevin. Is and how he's he's the actual best player in the world, and we got it wrong. Kevin Durant, the best player in the world, is now New York. Like, I don't know. I really sound, It's weird because I know like I know that amongst most people, like Draymond Green is, is the villain of the Warriors. Like to me, Kevin Durant is absolutely the villain of the Warriors. Like I have come around to openly despise Kevin Durant. I mean he the I mean the way I mean we haven't even you know gotten into the Lakers, but this is a, as a teaser for next week. I've never hated LeBron more than I hate him right now. Um, Good, but yeah, but Kevin, Kevin, from Kevin Durant, to he at this point is right. He's out there getting, getting, getting back on Twitter to respond to people who say the Warriors are better without him. Like that's where he's at in his life, and like I just can't, I can't abide him secretly being happy with the Warriors losing because he doesn't get on the court. All that's right, what I, I can't, I can't with that. I need him. If if they're gonna lose, I need him to come back, and then for them to lose.
0: All right. Well, uh, I'm fine with that. Like that's that would, would be an even more interesting story if they if Toronto found a way to beat the Warriors with Kevin Durant, uh, and, and healthy Kevin Durant, of course. But no, you're right. That would be extremely annoying if he got to it, it, to have this cop out. That oh look, they lost to an inferior team because I wasn't there type of thing and i think it would just make it even more excruciating to watch him in new york because you would just hear it all season especially if the knicks were playing well oh Kevin durant's the savior blah 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 all this stuff and it would just i don't i wouldn't want to deal with it i i agree with you there um either way i think we're both picking golden state to win this series is is that a fair assessment
1: Warriors in six. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's gonna be a little harder for them than uh, maybe the average person thinks. I got Warriors in six.
0: Good. I'll take it. I'll go uh, Warriors in seven because I want it to go seven so bad. Uh, just because I think it's gonna be a great series and there's potential for uh, some players like Kyle Lowry to actually show that he's got some balls. Uh, and uh, I am interested to see if Kawhi Leonard can take over a- enough games to. Uh, stop the Warriors uh, pretty much on his own so um, I'm going Warriors in 7 but like I said I think it would be good for the league and I would love it if Toronto found a way to pull this thing off
1: yeah I really like Fred Van Fleet for some reason he's just fun to watch I'm glad he found his game that's
0: all I got alright well I guess that's going to do it for us then yeah. Knocked off the rust. We had a great show. That was that was much smoother than it could have been. And uh, That's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening tonight. Catch us again next week, and uh, maybe we'll give you a full 90 minutes. I don't know. Maybe just an hour. We'll see. It is the summer, basically. So we say this yeah. every year. That's the summer. We'll just do an hour. Uh, anyway, uh, this has been Careless mm-hmm. Whispers on CLNS Media for Calvin Chamberlain, my name is Matt Rury and this is our song to say goodbye.
1: Good night, everyone.